You're listening to the Progress Your Health Podcast, episode 38. Welcome to the Progress Your Health Podcast with your hosts, Dr. Robert Mackey and Dr. Valerie Davidson, a husband and wife team who specialize in bioidentical hormone replacement therapy and functional medicine. They're here to help you lose weight, balance hormones, and age gracefully. It's their mission to motivate, educate, and empower you to take your health to the next level. And now your hosts, hormone experts, Dr. Mackey and Dr. Davidson. Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Progress Health Podcast. I'm Dr. Mackey. And I'm Dr. Davidson. The last episode, we talked about subclinical hypothyroid. Again, you know, controversial. Uh, there's lots of opinions out there, both on the conventional side and our side. Something that just you know, continuously just keeps coming up every single uh, week. There's more situations like that. Now we want to kind of expand on that a little bit more, but yet a separate issue and talk about low T3 levels. This is a, you know something that is also a little controversial, but it, bal- it, it kind of blends very well with the subclinical hypothyroid discussion. Because like we were talking about before, a lot of patients will go see their primary care inter- internist, even endocrinologists, and you know give them their list of symptoms that do correlate with hypothyroid, like I'm tired all the time, my hair is falling out, I'm gaining weight, I'm really foggy-brained, I don't have any motivation, my skin's really dry, I'm constipated, you know, I'm kind of grumpy and irritable, and then if you're a female, your your periods could be possibly off. So, um, you know, they go and see the doc, and then they, you know, the doc usually just runs that TSH, and we've gone over, you know, as listeners, I know you've listened to our previous podcasts about thyroid and how they just do just a thyroid-stimulating hormone, your TSH, and it always comes back normal because that reference range is big. But what we deal with when somebody's TSH is normal and we consider them more of a subclinical hypothyroid because they don't have Hashimoto's, they don't have thyroid disease, but they're subclinically low or lower functioning with that thyroid is we really focus in on that free T3. And granted, like we talked about before, we don't be all end all on, on blood tests. You know, we want to treat the person and just use that as a, you know, as a complement to kind of put the treatment plan together. But the T3 is probably where we focus on a lot where most doctors don't even want to test it. Yeah, I don't know how many times, I mean, probably in the hundreds where we request, let's say, for example, a scenario, we give a patient a lab rec or we request some labs. They want to do it through their primary care or do it through some other doctor so it gets covered by their insurance. And literally the doctor refuses to do the free T3. Like they don't want to do it. They don't think it's important. They just completely disregard that test. Or we get a patient coming in, they've had labs done at another doctor's office and that free T3 is just never on there. Now, I will say though, in the last couple of years, I will say that you see it more often than you did, let's say five years ago. It shows up a lot more, especially if they're kind of in our realm of thinking, if they're quote unquote integrative, um, they might have have a, a a free T3 on there. But still, nonetheless, there is still way less of it being tested than there is being tested kind of across the board. Yeah, there's probably less of those cases rather than, you know, they just don't do the T3. And it's and it's interesting because, you know, we run blood work. We deal with insurance and in their blood work all the time. But sometimes it may not, you know, may not be covered because they don't have a PPO or however those insurance things because it's changing every, you know, every month, every year. But they'll take it in there, their general practitioner. And sometimes I've had patients say all the time, oh, yeah, they said they'd run whenever I wanted. And I gave them your slip. And the T3 isn't even on there. And they'll say, well, I gave them your slip with all the codes on there. 
Like, well, they didn't run it. It wasn't like they didn't see it. The lab didn't see it. They just didn't run it. They, I'm not sure why they don't. They probably don't really know what to do with it. Or I've had other people go into their general practitioner. And I think one practitioner said, I'm not your, I think, what was it? Like, I'm not your lab ATM ordering whatever you want. Yeah, your lab vending machine. Yeah, yeah. that's what is lab vending machine, Um, which I get it because they're doing their own practice of medicine. You're their patient. You know, they don't need some outsider like me coming in and and saying, hey, do this for me, do this for me. So I know it kind of puts a lot of patients kind of in a sticky situation because they want to get their, you know, they want to go see their primary care and get their free T3 and their thyroid done, but their primary care might not want to, and they might not want to use our labs. So they end up being in kind of like this weird little sticky situation. But we do we do work our way around it because I do feel like a lot of people have low T3. You know, the reference range for a free T3 and blood work is, every lab's a little bit different. It's usually like right around, you know, 2.1 to 2.4 to 4.1 to 4.4. So a lot of, even if a doctor does run it, they don't really know what to do with it because it's a really big reference range. And most of the medica- and I think this is where the big disconnect is, because most of the medications that conventionally are prescribed for hypothyroid is T4 only, as we've talked about, what they consider to be T4 monotherapy. Uh, so there's no, if you're not giving the T3 hormone, there's no sense testing for it. But honestly, after someone's on medication, the most clinically relevant number is their free T3. You know, or another thing that we might see sometimes, again, back to the lab, you know, uh, whole situation is we might request a free T3, but they switch it and do a total T3, which you and I don't really do very often because again, the reference range is very wide. It's very, it's a very big reference range and everybody has a normal free, a normal total T3. When you drill down a little further and you look at that, you know, free T3, uh, you notice almost invariably across the board, if that if that patient's coming in because they don't feel well, almost in, invariably their free T3 is the low end of normal almost in every single case. Uh, as you said, the reference range, let's say the most common, 2.3 to 4.2. Okay, that's LabCorp, that's Quest. I think Quest is 2.0 to 4.4. You know, So the reference ranges you gave, the ranges there are, I think, pretty appropriate. Women are always in the low twos. They're you know, 2.4, 2.6 maybe 2.8, um, but even still, um, they're, they're, they're on the low side of that median. They're not even up to the median. They're, you know, they're all that way, and hence why they have some symptoms. So your TSH could be you know, normal. So they say, hey, your thyroid's normal, but if you do run a free T3, like Dr. Mackey said, it'll be somewhere under 3.0, which is going to create some subclinical hypothyroid symptoms. But then, like I said, you know, most physicians don't really know what to do with it because your TSH is normal, your free T4 is normal. So it, let's say you're not on any medication. They usually kind of look at you and say, well, you know, go on your way. You're okay. Or if you're already on medication like Synthroid or T4 monotherapy, they certainly say, well, we could raise up to T4, but then, you know, it's going to change up the lab. So they really don't do anything with it. There is, like we've talked about on other podcasts, there is a conventional T3 medication called Cytomel, but that's, you know, a very we never use that because it's instant release. It's, you know, hard on the cardiovascular system on the heart. It doesn't have a very long half-life anyway. So people just end up being a little bit kind of stuck because they're not really sure what to do with that low T3. And a lot of times, like I said, their doctors aren't going to test it. Yeah, right. Uh, so now the, the T3, so just so we're clear on what these different numbers mean or these hormones mean. So the T4, which is called thyroxin, that is the hormone that your thyroid produces in most most of the hormone coming from the thyroid is thyroxin. 
your peripheral tissue uh, converts the T, the thyroxin, the T4, into triiodothyronine. So the T4, the 4, is for four molecules of iodine. Your liver actually does most of the, what they call cleaving. You cleave off an iodine molecule in the liver. So 60% of the conversion from T4 to T3 occurs in, in, by, you know, by, by the liver. So we talk about on the last couple episodes or a few episodes ago, we mentioned liver function is part of being tired. Uh, you know, when your liver is overburdened because of American lifestyle, uh, your thyroid function is going to sacrifice. So you could definitely have a low T3 conversion based on, you know, based on, you know, uh, some of some very specific lifestyle factors and how well your liver's functioning. That can have a dramatic impact on that T4, T3 conversion. And, uh, you know, and that can be optimized even without medication. You can do a very good job of boosting up that uh, free T3 uh, by by doing something, again, that is very indirect to the thyroid, or at least it seems indirect to the thyroid. The better the liver functions, the better your thyroid's going to function. Yeah, there are, and there are a lot of reasons for having low T3. So when we, you know, when we, we always test it, you know, our patients, we always test it. And if it looks like, hey, it's low, sure, you can treat them with medication. You know, we have lots of, like I've said, we've always had so many different ways to, you know, to treat the thyroid. But like Dr. Mackey says is, you know, there's so many other ways that we don't want to just focus in on just one because there's lots of different reasons on why someone might have a low free T3. They might have a low free T3 because they just don't have the enzymes to convert as much or as fast and it's genetic or something. It could also be that they're on T4 monotherapy, on Synthroid. The body has a tendency to take that T4 and convert it into reverse T3 and not free T3. So then they have a lower free T3 and then a very high reverse T3, which is an inert molecule that doesn't do anything in your system. So there's, there's for those reasons, um, stress, stress a lot of times will drop your conversion of that T4 to T3. It could be whether it's, you know, coming from your adrenal gland stress, or like Dr. Mackey said, is your liver is really burdened because you've got a lot of stress, whether it's physical stress, like from exercise or not, you know, eating certain foods or not eating certain foods, or it could also be for mental. Some, somebody have, you know, people have a lot of pressure on their systems and they have a lot of mental stress. Yeah, right. That psychological stuff, which is very intangible, right? But, you know, your thoughts and, you know, what's uh, what's on your mind all the time can uh, unfortunately have a significant impact on your hormones. You know, doctors for years, you know, probably decades have been talking about the impacts of stress on our health without really necessarily understanding or connecting the dots. Like, what does that mean? I think now in 2018, we have a, maybe we don't have all the answers, but we have a very good idea what that translates to, uh, how that, um, effect of the stress shows up on lab work and symptomology of the patient. And like I was saying with um, foods, so low T3, if somebody, you know, when people think, oh, I want to lose weight, so I'm going to eat less. Did you know when you eat less or you're like starving yourself, your T3 conversion, your T conversion from T4 to T3 drops, it's inevitable. And it's only because T3, like I said, is the active form of thyroid. It does everything. So if it thinks that you're starving, it's going to want to try to reduce down the processes, especially metabolism. So all the time you'll see when someone's chronically dieting and not getting enough calories in, of course, they're tired, their hair's falling out and they think, oh, it's my thyroid. But really it's because of that caloric restriction is causing a drop in your T3 conversion. Yeah, right. So one, uh, you know, and we were just talking about this this morning, uh, one classic pattern that we see all the time and we, you know, ask, start asking some questions and whatever you see a lower TSH. Uh, again, uh, the reference range is 0.45 to 4.5. So you might see it 
below one, right? It might be 0 0.7, 0 0.8, 0 0.9. That's for the woman who exercises a lot. She's going to the gym like she thinks she should. She's going multiple times a week, probably usually three to five times a week, maybe even six, uh, maybe even sometimes exercising twice a day, like really a lot of exercise. And then you'll also see, same thing, you'll see that free T3 on the low end of normal as well, you know, 2.4, 2.5. Sometimes if that if that pattern is really exacerbated, like they're really exercising uh, aggressively on a consistent basis, that free T3 will actually be low in some cases. Like it'll be less than the 2.3 or the 2.0, depending on the lab. Then you really know they're exercising a whole bunch and they're really under eating. Uh, and like you said, the body, it's just a protective mechanism. The body thinks it's going to starve to death. So it's trying to slow everything down and preserve what it has, as opposed to raising the free T3. That would, you know, the body thinks that that would be the wrong thing to do, even though that's what the person or the patient is actually trying to do, they're just making it worse in the process. Yeah, it is It is really sad. I had a, a patient come in, sort of actually kind of more of a referral from another doctor, a teenager, and she was on, you know, some nature throid, some T4, T3, and her T3 was still really low. It was still at 1.7, you know, and her TSH was suppressed. So of course, but they're saying, you know, mom and grandma were in the room too, saying, well, she needs to have more thyroid. She needs to have more thyroid. And I'd known this gal, you know, for years, I'd, you know, known their, their, since when she was, you know, well before puberty. And I noticed, you know, she was really skinny, like really, really skinny. And I don't remember her when I saw her before puberty being that skinny. She was, you know, she was cute, but now I'm like, she's awfully thin, you know, and grandma and mom are there, you know, revolving around. And, and I, you just, you could see it. She didn't eat. She was anorexic. You know, her T3 is so low. She's already wanting, she's so tired because they were saying she's so tired. She needs more thyroid when really she needs to eat. And, you know, we talked about it a little bit and, you know, I wasn't going to change her thyroid, you know, whatever her other practitioner was going to do was up to him. But finally, you know, she started crying saying she doesn't want to get fat. She doesn't want to get fat. And I think mom and grandma were a little bit horrified because they didn't realize that that was such an issue. But it, but it is, it's, you know, if you don't eat or you, or as practitioners, I think sometimes they miss that. They see that T3 is low, but they don't realize that it's, you know, it's not because of their medication, but it's probably because they're not eating. Yeah, right. And that's uh, that's a pattern that we've seen over and over and over again. And because women are trying very, very hard, you know, I really commend uh, women's discipline and their, you know, their stick-to-itiveness to try to achieve something, you know, maybe a little, you know, a little bit, you know, kind of fear-based, right? They don't want to get fat. They don't want to gain weight. They don't want their bodies to change. But what they're doing, you know, becomes that repetitive cycle and uh, and actually creates more detriment over time. Uh, and the body is, you know, the body, that's why we've talked a lot about in the past about caloric restriction in general, whether we're talking about thyroid or weight loss, but in this context, they kind of go hand in hand uh, because I would say, honestly, that's probably the number one reason why those TSH numbers are, or the, excuse me, the free T3 numbers are on the low end of normal all the time, or uh, whether it's that kind of stress uh, or just stress in general, right? Those are the two things that seem to really drop that uh, that free T3. Uh, now, in that case, it could be it could be just calories alone could bring that free T3 up. It could be nutrients, iodine, zinc, selenium, some basic fundamental nutrients. If you're restricting your calories, that means you're not getting. Not only are you, or if you're restricting the food you eat, there's two things you're missing out. You're missing out on the calories your body needs to just function, but you're also missing out on the micronutrients, the, the vitamins and minerals that you need to run certain enzymes and to convert certain hormones. So it's compounded by reducing how much you eat over time. And the body is way too sensitive, as we've said many times. We don't mean to be repetitive or just keep repeating, but it's worth 
repeating because we see this pattern over and over and over again. And honestly, you know, you and I were yes the other day we were doing some planning and strategizing, and we were talking about purpose, right? That that one issue that we are talking about is kind of part of our purpose because so many people need to be educated properly because everything out there in the marketplace and who they're listening to and what's coming at them is telling them the exact opposite or to do the exact opposite. And women are desperate enough to do uh, to comply and to oblige, but they're just hurting themselves in the process. Yeah, so that is true. You know, our purpose is to help you know help you live a healthy, optimal life that you feel good. I mean, too many people I think are just drudging through life, not feeling good, but they're still getting the bills paid. They're still taking care of the kids. They're still doing what they need to do, but they're not actually finding the joy in life. And that's what we want to do is get you that energy, that physical energy, that mental, you know, that mental energy, the mental motivation, you know, get you feeling better. And I do think T3 is a huge component to that. And when you treat somebody, let's say with medication, with the proper medication for T3, they do great, but you can't just do that. You can't just give somebody to try to, you know, what we usually use is a kind of like a sustained release T3 that doesn't have the impact on the heart or some of the side effects, but you can raise up the T3, still keep your levels in normal range and they feel good, but you can't just do that because that T3 conversion usually can come from like, like we talked about not eating enough or properly, could be from over-exercising, it could be stress, could be burden on the liver, could be genetics, it could be a combination of everything, you know, with the adrenals and everything, that we have to treat the whole picture rather than just, hey, let's just focus in on that T3, but like, that's why we're having a podcast on it, it is very important to test. Yeah, right, and uh, we, you know, we see how it plays out out there in the conventional in the conventional arena, and it just, you know, it just, we feel like there's a disconnect there. Uh, and, uh, you know, so, uh, again, we're going to probably talk about this in the future as well, uh, you know, in some variety because there's more to kind of drill down on. Um, but, you know, this uh, low free T, or, or excuse me, not low free T there, but just low T3 in general, um, this is definitely kind of the evolving practice of endocrinology and thyroid function or thyroid health. Uh, and the old way of addressing thyroid issues, honestly, it's very archaic. It's, you know, it's 30 year behind the times. The way that we're doing it, not to say that we are the end all be all and we are, our way is the only way, but doctors like us that are doing very similar things across the country, that's the new way of addressing hypothyroid situations. Um, not only looking at lab tests, looking at the right lab tests, but also looking at the patient's lifestyle and how that impacts the thyroid. All of it plays a role there. So now as the you know, qualified practitioner can put together a, you know, a very comprehensive treatment plan that isn't just about, like you said, about the medication, um, but it's about you know, optimizing those, those numbers and those hormones, and now the patient's going to feel better. And, and who knows what that could do for them, right? As, you, as we talked about in the last episode, you get these hormones balanced, you get these hormones optimized, and people just take off. It's really, it's really great to see sometimes. Oh, yeah. I see people that you know, change jobs, go back to school, get divorced in, in a good, you know, Hey, sometimes, a, a, you know, a, a, you know, a healthy separation is good for that individual. They, they get a partner, they start dating. You know, there's so many things that can happen when you feel like you're in a good space to make decisions that are important. I always tell patients when they come in, don't make any important life decisions right now until you get some things balanced and you're feeling better. Because when you're feeling good, you can make a proper decision. When you're not feeling good, we make decisions out of fear. We make decisions, you know, that may not be appropriate at the time because of how we're feeling. 
So, um, so this is where we get to the part where you're like, well, if my doctor's not going to test my free T3 and I think I might have low T3, what do I do? Because we run into this, I mean, we've been running into this for years because of insurance and insurance coverage and whatnot is, you know, a lot of our patients with their insurance, our blood work, you know, and there are patients gets covered. The majority of them do. And then there's some that, you know, their insurance might be an HMO, so they have to go to their general practitioner and they're trying to get their free T3. And then there's some people that think that their insurance is going to cover their blood work and it doesn't. Uh, Yeah, I had a case recently. This has happened a few times. Thankfully, it hasn't happened very much because we inform people, make them aware that check with your insurance company before you get your labs done to make sure that it's going to be covered. If you don't have a PPO, if you don't have... You know, if it's not done right based on your policy for yourself, you could get stuck with a hefty bill. Patient recently, Eric, our assistant, talked to the patient, said, call your insurance company to make sure. It's just a simple conversation. You know, they'll be able to check your policy very quickly. Is it covered? Is it not? Patient didn't do that. Went into the lab with our requisition, uh, billed insurance, and the insurance company denied the claim and would not pay it. Patient got a bill for $1,500, $1,500 and some change for the labs that we ordered when if uh, she would have listened to us ahead of time, talked to the patient or talked to the insurance company, patient said, or the insurance company says, no, we're not going to cover that. She could have done the exact same list of labs for under $200 through us. In hindsight, she'll probably never make that mistake again, but we don't want people ever to make that mistake because, you know, that's a, that's a hard lesson. That's an expensive lesson to learn. Yeah. Insurance is different now. You know, way back, I remember when they would pay 80% and you're responsible for 20 and that was usually pretty much the case. But now things are covered. Things aren't. You have a deductible. You have a huge deductible. It's always changing. So it's always good to check with your insurance company. But true, um, you know, a lot of doctors aren't you know, we're trying, we're not trying to be the jack of all trades, but we also want to help people so they don't end up spending an arm and a leg trying to get their labs done. Cause I have a lot of patients I've talked to, their doctor will give them a lab rec. They walk on into Quest or LabCorp and they get, you know, and sometimes LabCorp now will ask you for a credit card. So if it doesn't get covered, then they can bill your credit card. So they don't realize if you walk in there and it's not covered, you could easily walk out of there with an 800, 800 to $1,500 bill where if you were to pay cash labs out of pocket through, which I know this doesn't seem like it makes sense at all, it doesn't, and then you walk in with a cash lab requisition, it then costs you maybe 200 bucks. Yeah, it's, right. I know it doesn't seem fair. It doesn't even uh, it doesn't even seem legal to me, honestly, that they can charge you that much money if you don't have, you know, if you're just walking in and you have to pay cash. But there are, you know, are ways around it. So that's where Erica, who is awesome, is always really good with talking to the patient about checking with their insurance. If they don't, we'll do cash labs. And we even offer cash labs just to the general public. Yeah, right. Because we've seen this situation happen over and over and over, uh, we, you know, we feel that there, it's a service that we can provide. Uh, so it can save people lots of money, you know, and they and then they can get the information that we want. Another situation that we run into quite often with the, my patients in California, uh, Kaiser will not do a free T3 level. I've never, uh, and I even had one patient tell me that their the, her doctor even said that on the list of labs where they can choose, like it's this online thing that the doctor can't even choose to run a free T3. Like it's not even in their list of labs to choose. I'm not really sure why that is. The The patient will go to the doc, her primary care, get the list of labs that that doctor will run, and then we send them a cash lab who they have the other thyroid and hormone tests that we want. Uh, so they end up having, you know, it's okay. It saves them a little bit of money. They're only having to do a few through us, but, you know, they end up having to go to the lab twice because 
Kaiser will not run the tests that we want to see. In some ways, uh, you know, going through that process, having to go through the primary care, you got to wait and it takes a long time and it can take weeks and the doctors are backed up and just even to get a requisition. So sometimes the patients come back and say, you know what, I don't want to deal with my insurance company. I don't want to deal with that. Can I just do all the labs through you? Uh, and it might cost, you know, 100 bucks, 150 bucks, 250 bucks but it's more efficient for them to go through us because it's just so easy. We just send them over a lab rec, they take it in, we get the results back in three to five days and it's done. We're trying to provide that same convenience to all of you uh, and especially when it comes to these thyroid tests because we know how many of them don't get run on a regular basis. Yeah, so if you're thinking, you know, I think I have some subclinical hypothyroid symptoms or I think I might have a low T3, you can absolutely go on our website and order the test yourself. You know, you go on the website, you you order the test, and then you walk right into the lab and they draw it and we get the results um, fairly quickly. Yeah, you don't provide them any insurance information. You don't pay them any money. Uh, you're, you know, basically prepaying for the lab. Once you buy the lab from the website, you get a requisition within 24 hours. Uh, and then once the labs come back to us, then we send them to you. And that usually happens in anywhere from 24 you know, up to about five days, depending on holidays and weekends, you know, usually the turnaround time, depending on what's being ordered, the turnaround time can be relatively pretty quick. And then you, then you get the information that you want. Uh, you get the information that um, is relevant to your situation and you're not having to be, uh, you're not, uh, insurance is not dictating or your primary care is not dictating what is, what is and isn't being tested. Yeah, because you listeners are savvy. You know, people now are advocating for their own health. They know what they want, so they know what they want to get tested. So a lot of times, like like we said, you know, your primary care, and you know, we all got to have, you know, you know, we all got to have, you know, a healthcare team. Just may not want to run it. They or they may not know what to do with it, or they may run the wrong thing, and they don't know. Is yeah, you can order it yourself. You know, we're all advocates for our own healthcare. Is is you know, you could just order just a straight up just free T3 blood draw. We also have some other functional um, lab testing for thyroid too. Or if you have Hashimoto's, we have a Hashimoto's panel also so that we can make it available to people because, you know, whether insurance isn't going to cover it or your doctor's not going to order it, you still have every right to see it. Yeah, right. So if you go on the website uh, on the uh, on our online store, and if you use the discount code thyroid, you know, all caps thyroid, um, you'll actually, uh, we're going to give you as a promotion, we're going to give you 25% off the thyroid tests that we have available. There's two thyroid function tests. There's two Hashimoto's tests. And, you know, like I said, these are ones that we run with our patients all the time. We're offering that to you so you can have the information that you want and you can make the most informed decisions for yourself. Uh, so, uh, Dr. Davison, anything else to add to that? Are we, uh, are we good for this one? No, I think this is great. All right. So until next time, I'm Dr. Mackin. And I'm Dr. Davidson. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Progress Your Health podcast. If you like what you've heard on this podcast, please give us a positive review on iTunes. This allows us to spread our message, grow our audience, and help more people around the world. For more information, visit our website at progressyourhealth.com.